Everybody loves a hero, right? Everyone loves to watch a movie and likes to see the hero and uh, the hero who comes to save people and rescue people. Movies are full of heroes, and heroes are the ones that, uh, that come in and push against the tension, they push against the struggle, and no matter if the odds are against them, they still push through, and they come to either somebody's rescue or, uh, or, or they come to save the day. Uh, whether you're watching Star Wars or whether you're watching The Princess Bride. They're full of heroes. There are heroes everywhere, right? Frozen, the movie, is full of heroes. Uh, and then you get even movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger that are full of heroes. The Star Wars movies, though, are full of different heroes. And with the help of the Force, a young Luke Skywalker becomes a hero. Obi-Wan is a hero. Han Solo, he's the rugged hero. Then you've got Yoda, who is the quirky little green hero. Even R2-D2 and C-3PO are heroes in the Star Wars movies. That They are full of different heroes. And when the dark sides seem to win, they pushed back and they pushed against the dark side. And they became the heroes of the movies. Now, as we started the Cosmic Christmas series last week, we opened our Bibles to a very strange, a very strange chapter that you would not necessarily think was about Christmas, and it was found in Revelation chapter 12. And what we discovered in Revelation chapter 12, that there was a rebellion in heaven, that Christmas didn't start just here on earth with a woman becoming pregnant and giving birth to a baby. In fact, Christmas started thousands and even millions of years ago in heaven when there was a rebellion in heaven and there was this war in heaven. As we opened up Revelation chapter 12, we read this in Revelation 12 verses 7 to 9. It said, Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to earth with all all of his angels. And so we discovered last week that in heaven there was this angel who was a great powerful angel. His name was Lucifer and he became full of pride and he started to think that he was better than the other angels and he was equal with God. And pride started to fill his heart so much so that he started to rebel against God. He was so powerful and influential that a third of the angels decided to follow Lucifer instead of following God. So much so that God banished him and his angels out of heaven. And then we discovered last week week that this, uh, this, uh, this angel called Lucifer, who now changed his name to Satan, almost like Anakin Skywalker changed his name to Darth Vader in the Star Wars movies, we discovered that this, 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 that once angel became Satan and Revelation referred to him as the Red Dragon. And the Red Dragon he wanted to, 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 to wage war against God and his angels and anything that was of God, he wanted to take out. And so the Bible tells us that there was a woman who was pregnant with child. And when it came time for the woman to give birth to the child, the red dragon tried to destroy the child. 
and that God hid the child. And that's what we discovered last week. And some of the pointers we discovered last week that there is a being called Satan, the devil, and he is real. And so often we, we, we think of him as this, this the, 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 almost this uh, mythological character, but really there is a real being called Satan. We also discovered last week that there is a war. There was a war in heaven, but now that war is here on earth and there is a war and you are actually part of that war. You are involved in that battle whether you know about it or not. We discovered that this war started in the stars. It started in the heavens, but now it has filtered down to earth. This was heaven's view of the first Christmas. It wasn't the view often that we have of the Christmas cards and the movies and the school plays, but this was heaven's view of the first Christmas. We see an epic struggle between good and evil. We see the fight between the forces of light and the forces of darkness. We see here in Revelation 12 that there is an angel mentioned by the name of Michael. Michael and his angels, it said. Michael was, uh, the Bible refers to as an archangel. He is a high-ranking angel. And uh, whenever you see Michael in the Bible, you often find him at war. He is the, the leader of the angelic forces who go to war. You, you read Daniel in other parts of the Bible and you hear the name Michael is mentioned and he is going to war against uh, the forces of darkness and he becomes a type of hero in this story. These angels are not your Cupid kind of angels. They're not even your angels that you put on your mantelpiece at Christmas time when you get your Christmas decorations out. Not the angel you put on top of a Christmas tree, but these are warrior kind of angels. They are strong, uh, they are mighty, and they are powerful. This was heaven's view of the first Christmas. And even though the war raged in heaven, something more sinister was happening here on earth. Sin had infiltrated humanity. Sin had infiltrated humanity. Sin is the, basically, to water it down in the basic of terms, sin is the separation from God. The separation from God. Where people sin, they are committing acts or doing things that are separating them from God. And what had happened, what sin did, sin had affected the whole of humanity. This war that was in heaven had now filtered down to earth and the red dragon who was trying to destroy anything that was of God's was now coming and he came with this weapon and it was called sin. And what sin did was take humanity captive. The war raged and now humanity was under the control of sin. Humanity now was taken captive by sin. And just as in the Star Wars movies, if you're not familiar with them, there was a dark side that took over the Republic. And the dark side infiltrated into the Republic and it took over the Republic. In the same way, a war raged in heaven. And as that war raged in heaven, now that war is being, ra- is being waged here on earth. It is raging here on earth. This is what Romans chapter 3 tells us. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 to 18. It says this about sin, that no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. 
Their talk is foul like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. A very descriptive view of what sin has done to humanity. But if we go forward a couple of verses, Romans 3.23 tells us this, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. So this war that was in heaven, this rebellion that was in heaven, now, last week we talked about the war that went on in heaven, now we see this week that is now filtered down to earth. And sin has infiltrated the human life. And it says that no one is righteous. No one is close to God. Sin has separated everyone from God. That means you are in the war, you are in the battle, and you may not even realize it. The red dragon as a retaliation to God went after God's most precious creation. And that was you and me. That was humanity. And so this is what we see from this story. Three things I want to show you this morning, what we see from the story. And the first one is this. People need to be rescued. People need to be rescued. You may not know it this morning. While you're, you're cooking your cookies at home or you're watching the Hallmark Christmas Channel or you're wrapping presents, you may not realize it, but you need to be rescued. People need to be rescued. In the Star Wars movie, Princess Leah had got captured by the dark side and she was captured and she was on the Death Star and she needed to be rescued. Luckily for her, there were some people who could rescue her. Take a look at this. Can't get out that way. Looks like you managed to cut off our only escape route. Maybe you'd like it back in your cell, your highness. C-3PO, C-3PO! Are there any other ways out of the cell, babe? We've been cut off! What was that? I didn't copy! I said all systems have been alerted to your presence, sir. The main entrance seems to be the only way in or out. All other information on your level is restricted. Open up in there. Open up in there. One thing I don't like about the Star Wars movies is that George Lucas made C-3PO to be like British and like really strange and almost like stiff British. I'm not sure if I really like that very much. But, uh, but anyway, there you see that Princess Leia, she needed to be rescued and then a bunch of heroes came in the name of Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Chewbacca and, and they came and they rescued her because she was in danger. And in the same way, you needed to be rescued. You needed to be rescued because sin had come and infiltrated humanity and caused a separation from God. And this war was raging and you had been taken captive by sin. But the good news was it wasn't Luke Skywalker that was coming to rescue you. It wasn't Han Solo who was coming to rescue you. But it was the God of the universe, the maker of the heavens and the earth, the one who was here before time began. He was the one who came to rescue you. And if Romans 3 tells us that we are now under the curse of sin, we're now captive by sin, then that means we are helpless to save ourselves. 
That means we need to be rescued. We need to be rescued. Colossians 1 verses 13 to 14 tell us this. It says, For he, meaning God, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. So Colossians says that God came and rescued us. If we didn't need to be rescued, then why would he come to rescue us? See, this is what I know about our human lives. This is what I know about sin, is we don't need to just be rescued once and then that's it. We need to daily be rescued. Because sin will come and it will come back at you again and again and again and again. It's not like you, you, you just fire one arrow back at sin and sin is done. Sin will keep coming back again and again and again and again and again. And so this is what I know. We need to daily be rescued. I need to daily be rescued. You live in a world that is corrupt and evil where sin is rampant and it's constantly trying to pull you out of relationship with God. Sin does not come in the shape of stormtroopers and death stars, though. Sin comes in the shape of pride. It comes in the shape of fear. It comes in the shape of lust, of anger, of, e- of envy, and of selfishness. See, if we saw a stormtrooper, you got some stormtroopers at the back, you know, you're like, okay, evil's coming. But the reality is, is this war is more sinister than that. This war means that there's fear and there's pride and there's envy and selfishness and lust and anger. And it comes in small little ways, but it is separating you from God. The good news is this, though. Jesus became our rescuer. And that is what Christmas is all about. Christmas isn't often what we think it's about. Christmas is about Jesus, the rescuer. We need to be rescued. The second thing about this story that I want to share with you this morning is this. Not only that we need to be rescued, but God has a plan. God has a plan. The war, with the war raging in heaven, the earth under sin's rule, humanity severed from relationship with God, the red dragon thought he had won. He thought, that's it, I have won. God has been overthrown. I have now dominion on this earth. I can control what is going on. But this is what I know, no matter how bad things get, those who follow God know something that will always give you hope. And that is this. God has a plan, and that plan is perfect. No matter what's going on in your life, know this. God has a plan. And that plan is perfect. Nobody would have ever thought of God's plan. It, it, it was a plan that, that surprised people. It was a plan that you would have thought if it was you or me making this plan, we would go, okay, Michael, get all your angels together. We're going to go down to earth and, and we're going to start a war and we're going to go against the, the dragon and his, and his angels. There's more of us than there is of him. We've got God on our side. We're going to go start waging war in heaven, a war to end all wars. But that wasn't God's plan. God's plan was a little different. It was a plan that shocked the world. It was a plan that changed history. Philip Yancey, who is a great author, he wrote a book called The Jesus I Never Knew. Uh, And about this story, this is what he writes. He says, 
Revelation is a strange book by any means. And readers must understand its style to make sense of this extraordinary spectacle. In daily life, two parallel histories occur, occur simultaneously, one on earth and one in heaven. Revelation, however, views them together, allowing a quick look behind the scenes. On earth, a baby was born. A king got wind of it. A chase ensued. In heaven, the great invasion had begun, a daring raid by the rulers of the forces of good in the universe's universe's seat of evil. I love what he says, how he depicts that right there. He says that uh, heaven sent a a, uh, a daring raid from the forces of good into the universe's seat of evil. It was a plan to invade earth, not to invade earth with an army, but to invade earth with a baby, a baby. The good news is Jesus decided to share his plan. God decided to share his plan with humanity. And we see three through the Christmas stories with three, three different times when God shared his plan with humanity. The first one is found in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 21. It says, this is how the story of Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still pregnant, she became, while she was still a virgin, sorry, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. I love that. He was a good man, but yet he was like, no, I've had enough of you. Anyway, verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So here Joseph is suddenly now being being given access to the plan of God. God is now communicating with Joseph his plan that the baby that will be inside Mary is not any ordinary baby. He is a baby who will rule the nations. Then we find in Luke chapter 1. Verse 26, it says this, In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So now Joseph isn't just the one who's now got access to to the plan. Now, God is now communicating the plan with Mary. So we've got two different people. We've got Joseph who's engaged to Mary. God's saying, okay, we better make sure he knows what the plan is. 
so it doesn't get messed up. Now, Mary, the one who will become pregnant with the child, she now is also being given access to the plan of God. But then in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, God decides to share his plan with just some random shepherds. Some random shepherds on the hill. This is what it says. In, verses, in uh, chapter 2, verses 8 to 12, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks as sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to among them, and the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. So now you have Joseph, who is access to the plan. You have Mary, who now knows the plan. And now you have some random shepherds who God is telling of the plan. This is what I know about God. God has a plan. It is a perfect plan. And he is willing to share his plan with you. God is willing to share his plan with you. We see here another hero in our midst, an angel by the name of Gabriel. Gabriel, another archangel, whenever you see Gabriel in the Bible, it's often as a messenger of God. He is telling of something that God is going to do, some important news. So if you wake up in the middle of the night and some terrifying creature comes in your, in your room and he says, I am the angel Gabriel, get your notebook out and your pen because God has got something important to tell you, okay? Get, get your phone out, start recording because you won't want to forget what Gabriel is saying. See, God has not just left us on our own. God has a plan, and that plan is often very unconventional, but it's a perfect plan. God's plan is perfect. Jeremiah verses 29, 11 tells us this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And I don't know where you are in your life right now. Maybe you're thinking about tomorrow or next week. And maybe you're thinking about next year. And, and you don't have much hope for next year. But this is what I want to tell you this morning. God has a plan. It wasn't just a plan for Christmas. It was a plan for humanity. It was a plan for your life. It is a good plan. It is for your good and not your disaster. Know this. God is in control. God has a plan. So from this story, we see that we are people in need of rescue, that God has a plan. And the third thing I want to share with you this morning is this. God became one of us. God became one of us. This story in Revelation 12, we get an inside view of the war room of heaven. We see that on earth, a baby was born and laid in a manger. That there was all this busyness going on in Bethlehem and there was no room for Mary and Joseph to, to stay. So instead they found the place where they put the animals and they laid Jesus on a manger. That's what we see of Christmas here on earth. But in heaven, their view was slightly different. That, that, that in the war room of heaven, the plan was coming to, into, into place. They were sending the Messiah. They were sending the rescuer. The one who would overcome evil, the one who would take back humanity from being captive by the dragon and by sin. This rescue 
involved the king of heaven. He would come and become the rescuer himself. Matthew 1 verse 22 and 23 says this. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Did you hear what they said? The rescuer is going to come and he has a name. He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. This is what we now know as the incarnation. God becoming human. God becoming flesh. The story of Christmas is about the great invasion upon earth. That God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who, who ruled the good in the universe, the one who, who has the, uh, the universe in the palm of his hand, he came and became one of us. Christmas is about Emmanuel. Sin had taken us captive. God came to our rescue. The baby was just a start. See, Christmas really isn't just about a baby lying in a manger. Christmas isn't just about some wise men coming to bring some gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's not about just some shepherds in the field seeing the heavenly hosts. That's not what Christmas is really all about. Christmas is about the plan of God to come and rescue humanity, and it's just the start. That baby would grow to become a man, and that man would come and give his life for humanity. See, 33 years later, fast forward from the day that Jesus was born. Jesus died a terrible death on a cross on a hill called Golgotha. And what humanity saw and humanity's perspective was this good man had died. A man who did not sin, a man who was good, a man who healed, a man who had wise things to say, he died. But in heaven, heaven's view the plan was coming full circle. The plan had taken shape. Because heaven knew this, that if God was to become man, there was no power in God just to become man, but God had to give up his life for man. He had to give up his life for humanity. And so in heaven, the day that Jesus died, heaven is rejoicing while the earth is crying because the plan is coming to fruition because he's given up his life for humanity. Heaven's perspective was this. The Messiah had come and rescued humanity. You see something like this in the Star Wars movie. Definitely not as powerful. The story of Star Wars is definitely not as powerful as the story of the Bible, but it's entertaining at least, right? But there's a story of a man who gave up his life for the others. Watch this clip. Again at last. 
The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil, Darth. <laughs> So for you, uh, Star Wars nerds, uh, why did Obi Wan, when he died, like disappear? Like when everyone else who dies, they just their bodies like sawn in half. So answers on a postcard, please. Anyway, so Obi Wan gives up his life in order to rescue the rebels, so that they can save the universe and the Republic from the dark side. You know, in the same way, though, Jesus came and gave his life for you. In order to find salvation, there always has to be sacrifice. And when Jesus came as a baby, he did not just come to be another human being. He came on a mission to rescue humanity one day to give up his life and become a sacrifice for us. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says this, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. This is what we must never forget. Christmas is pointless without the cross. 
It's pointless without the cross. There is no power in God becoming one of us unless God gave up his life for us. This is the power of Christmas. The plight of humanity was terrible. For sin had infiltrated and separated us from God, but God's plan was daring and bold. The great invasion into the universe's seat of evil went perfectly, and the Christ child became our rescuer, our savior, and now no longer is he the baby Jesus, but now we can declare that he is Christ the Lord. He is Christ the Lord, and that is what Christmas is all about. Let's not ever take for granted what happened in heaven and on earth that first Christmas. All because of the love of God for you and me. Because God loved us so much, he came to our rescue. He gave up his life for us. So now no longer we would be captive to sin. No longer would we be separated from God by sin. But he came to defeat sin's power. And while sin still has great power, if you are a believer of Jesus, it no longer holds you captive. Now we can experience the freedom and life of Jesus. And as we close this morning, Galatians 3.22 says this, but the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. This Christmas, don't let sin enslave your heart. You are no longer a prisoner to sin. For if you believe on Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us, you become a child of God. You are free from the power and the curse of sin. The dark side has no power on you anymore. For the light has come and Jesus has come and rescued you. So this morning, we're going to join in before we finish in a victory song unto heaven. For Christ has come and saved us. Before we do that, let's just bow our heads in prayer this morning. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, we're going to sing one more song. But before we do that, I want to pray for you because there's some people in here today and you may still be held captive by sin. The power of darkness and the power of sin that infiltrated humanity, it may still have a hold on you because you've never experienced the life of Jesus. You've never accepted the sacrifice of Jesus and you've never believed in Jesus. But this morning, you can become one of the freed this morning. In Christianity, we call it the redeemed. But you can become one of the freed this morning. You can become one of those who has been rescued by the hope of Christmas. And so all you need to do this morning in order to receive that freedom, the Bible tells us, is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. It's coming to that place of realizing that you are a prisoner to sin. And that you are helpless by yourself. But there is a saviour, there is a rescuer who came in the form of a baby who grew to be a man who was sinless, who would give his life for you and for me. And so if you believe on him this morning, the Bible tells us 
that you will experience the freedom of Christ. And sin and death will no longer have a hold on you, but you can experience eternal life. And you can join in the heavenly party in the victory song of heaven today. So I'm going to pray for you. And if you're in that place today where you know you need to experience the life and the freedom of Jesus Christ, then pray along with me. And as you pray today, we're believing that the power of sin is being broken in your life. That Jesus has come to your rescue. So pray with me this morning. Father God, we thank you that you sent Jesus. We thank you that Jesus became the rescuer. We thank you that Jesus came to this world. That Jesus became one of us. God in human form. And we want to thank you today for the story of Christmas. Of the plan of God to come and rescue me. from the captivity of sin. So forgive me today, Father, for letting sin control my life. I want to be freed from the power of sin. So today, I believe in you. I believe that Jesus was the rescuer. That Jesus gave his life for me. And because of this declaration today, I am no no longer a prisoner to sin. But I am a child of God. Thank you for loving me the way you do. In your name, amen. I believe if you pray that prayer today, then sin's power is being released out of your life. And you are becoming freed by the power and the might and the grace and the love of Jesus Christ today.